Welcome to today's podcast, Bible College for June 19th. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love. Thank you for carrying us in your bosom and your hands, Lord. Thank you for fixing us up, Lord. Jesus, we place ourselves into your hands that you may fix us and things will not be a problem again, Lord. We will have that peace that passes all understanding in the name, in your name, in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And by the blood, we plea it over our situations. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming inside. Today's topic is expect a miracle. Why? Because there's a miracle inside you. Article by Kenny Copeland. Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by, by spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Say it with me, say, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. One more time. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Zechariah 4.6. I remember the first time I went with the Oral Roberts Crusade team to a healing meeting. I was a student and a member of his aircraft crew. I had been a believer a little over four years and knew so little about the things of God, especially meeting like these. However, I was part of the team and eager to learn. I followed the team inside this huge auditorium. It was filled with sick people. The place smelled. It was so full of disease. Just walking in there sent chills of fear up my spine. I turned around and headed for the side door as fast as I could talking to God under my breath. Listen, I don't belong here, I told him. I'm getting on a Greyhound bus and heading home right now. They can get the airplane home without me. Once I was outside the door, I started talking louder. Then suddenly I froze. My feet wouldn't move. I knew it was God who stopped me because inside I was still on my way to the bus station, but outside I was stuck on the sidewalk. I looked up and hollered, turn me loose, but I couldn't move. Desperately, I prayed, please let me go. I don't have anything for those people. That's when God spoke to me. He spoke right back to me. Every cell in me heard it. He said, I know you don't have anything to give them. But I do, and that's why I baptize you in my spirit. My feet suddenly turned loose, and I knew I had a choice. One was life, and one was death. So I turned around and went back. I was ready to run, but God stopped me. He knew he was in me. And if I just stay and stir up what was in me, miracles would happen. And they did. You have the same miracle working God inside you, and there are people all around you who need him. So quit waiting to feel like you have the power to do it and get out of of there. Once you do, you'll discover that the power you've been waiting for has been right there inside you all the time, waiting on you. Scripture reading is Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. Let's go ahead and go over there. 
Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites again, and the Jehusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Let's pray. Our Father who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. Psalm 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known.
They speak without a sound or word. Their voices is never heard. Yet their messages have gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heaven for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows his course to the other end. And nothing can hide from his heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true, each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the honeycomb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now the Recovery Bible, or the New Life Recovery Bible, New Living Testament says about Psalms 19, no one can highly say that he or she has never heard about God. See Romans 1.20. His power can be seen throughout our physical world. Even the sun, though silent in the sky, declares every day what God has done. All human benefits from the sun, and whether they like it or not, they cannot hide from the message it declares to all the world. God is not a figment of our imaginations. He is with us right now, and he desires to help us throughout the recovery process. Adhering to God's laws will produce wholeness in our lives. Applying God's truth revives our inner being and gives us insight, even to the least of us, into how we should live. His word is not a burden that robs us of the good things of life. See Matthew eleven twenty nine thirty. 30. Instead, it transforms us and replaces our discouragement with joy. Psalm 49. Listen to this, all you people. Pay attention, everyone in the world, high and low, rich and poor. Listen. For my words are wise and my thoughts are filled with insight. I listen carefully to many proverbs and solve riddles with inspiration from my heart. Why should I fear when trouble comes and when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and boast of their great riches. Yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. Those who are 
wise must finally die, just like the foolish and senseless, leaving all their wealth behind. The grave is their eternal home where they will stay forever. They may name their estates after themselves, but their fame will not last. They will die just like animals. This is the fate of fools, though they are remembered as being wise. Like sheep, they are led to the grave where death will be their shepherd. In the morning, the godly will rule over them. Their bodies will rot in the grave far from the grand estates. But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. So don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. In this life, they consider themselves fortunate and are applauded for their success. But they will die like all before them and never again see the light of day. People who boast of their wealth don't understand. They will die just like animals. In Psalm 49, we see we need to respect our addictions and compulsions. Again, we need to respect our addictions and compulsions. Remembering how they once caused us to lose control, but we do not need to fear them because God won't allow our destruction as long as we trust in Him and follow His program for godly living. The only way we can repay God for his deliverance is to show gratitude and share the good news with others. Although some may seem to prosper and escape the consequences of their wrongdoings, they will leave all their wealth behind and face the day of judgment. The wealth and the goodness and the health that God has provided for us is to use it to be a hospital when it's convenient and get plenty of rest and plenty of self-care for ourselves. Well-rested, well-read, well-fed, and be able to go to the meetings and enjoy others and give encouragement to others that our God is taking care of us with the wealth He's entrusted us. We are good stewards of what He gives us and therefore, he'll give us more because we enjoy to have fellowship and build ourselves up in God's kingdom with others. Psalm 109. O God, whom I praise, don't stand silent and aloof while the wicked slander me and tell lies about me. They surround me with hateful words and fight against me for no reason. I love them, but they try to destroy me with accusations. Even as I am praying for them, they repay evil for good and hatred for my love. They say, get an evil person to turn against him. Send an accuser to bring him to that trial. When his case comes up for judgment, let him be pronounced guilty. Count his prayers as sins. Let his years be few. Let someone else take his position. May his children become fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children wander as beggars and be driven from their ruined homes. 
May creditors see his entire estate and strangers take all he has earned. Let no one be kind to him. Let no one pity his fatherless children. May all his offspring die. May his family name be blotted out in the next generation. May the Lord never forget the sins of his fathers. May his mother's sins never be erased from the record. May the Lord always remember these sins, and may his name disappear from human memory. For he refused all kindness to others. He persecuted the poor and needy, and he hounded the brokenhearted to death. He loved to curse others. Now you curse him. He never blessed others. Now don't you bless him. Cursing is as natural to him as his clothing or the water he drinks or the rich food he eats. Now may his curses return and cling to him like clothing. May they be tied around him like a belt. May those curses become the Lord's punishment for my accuser who speaks evil of me. But deal well with me, O sovereign Lord, for the sake of your own reputation. Rescue me. Because you are so faithful and good, for I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. I am fading like a shadow at dusk. I am brushed off like a locust. My knees are weak from fasting, and I am skin and bones. I am a joke to people everywhere. When they see me, they strike their heads in scorn. Help me, O Lord my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. Let them see this is your doing, that you yourself have done it. Lord, then let them curse me if they like, but you will bless me. When they attack me, they will be disgraced, but I, your servant, will go right on rejoicing. May my accusers be clothed with disgrace. May their humiliations cover them like a coat. But I will give repeated thanks unto the Lord, praising him to everyone. For he stands beside the needy, ready to save them from those who condemn them. It takes great humiliation to entrust our lives to God. It takes great humiliation to entrust our lives to God. One of the most difficult parts of recovery as God's children is to admit how helpless we are to overcome our powerful dependencies alone. We have all discovered what happens when we try to do things our own way. We become enslaved to our own desires and appetites. Dependency on God and His great program is the only road to true freedom. We need to remember, however, that although God calls us to be childlike in spirit, He does not want us to be childish in behavior. Amen, amen. In reading Psalm 139, let's go ahead and pray. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. 
Many of us have spent our lives trying to be people we are not. Our addictive compulsive behaviors may be only a desperate attempt to escape from ourselves. Maybe we have difficulty accepting our personality, our appearance, our handicaps, or even our talents, or even our culture, or our body, or how we're made. We just have a hard time really accepting God's love. Perhaps, amen, self-hatred is a defect of character that deeply ashamed of who we are. Self-hatred is a defect of character. Let me, let me start over again. This says, perhaps we spend our energy and time trying to be what other people want us to be because we feel that we are is not enough, what we are. We may do all we can to separate from our inner being because we are so deeply ashamed of who we are. Self-hatred is a defect of character that needs to be removed. It breeds the sin of covetousness, that is, longing to be in someone else's situation or change or have what they have. The psalm, psalmist wrote, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex in Psalm 139. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Saying we are God's workmanship means that we are unique and beautifully masterpiece. Works of divine poetry, beauty, and value are designed into the very fiber of our being by our Creator. Our important step in this recovery process is to allow God to remove our self-hatred, helping us to value ourselves for who we are. We have been miraculously created and we are treasured by God. This has been true since the time we were in our mother's womb. Long before we could do anything to earn it, as we begin to see how unique and special we are, embraced and accepted by God himself. Let's go ahead and read Psalm 139 now. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down and stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. 
Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watch me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. O God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. O Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with a total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. In Psalm 139, we see God is everywhere. We can never escape from his presence. Such knowledge should keep us from falling into sin. And encourage us to follow him, knowing he is there to help us. He is not limited by space, nor is he limited by time. He is with us day and night to strengthen us and support us. The power of our dependencies is often rooted in low self-esteem. These verses reveal an exciting fact. Each of us is an amazing creature, wonderfully complex. I, more than that, God is constantly thinking about us. We are so precious to him that he has recorded every day of our lives in a book. We may have been taught in one way or another that we were no good. We began to believe this message and now we have fallen into various destructive methods to deal with the pain. When we see ourselves as God sees as much of the pain that drives our dependencies will fall away. Amen and amen. And that's all the reading we have for right now. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and be gracious unto you. Give them heaven.